We spend a significant portion of our lives at work, and it's crucial to ensure that the workplace is a space where employees feel motivated, appreciated, and fulfilled. However, creating and maintaining an engaging work culture can be challenging, especially in today's fast-paced, ever-changing business world. Combine that with the fact that some businesses may have employees all in person, all remote, or some hybrid structure, and it gets even more complex. Maintaining an engaging work culture is crucial for attracting and retaining top talent, improving productivity, and fostering employee satisfaction and happiness. Welcome to another episode of Yo's podcast, Back to Work. I'm your host, Joe McIntyre, and on this podcast, we will be discussing the key factors that contribute to an engaging work culture and how HR professionals can create a sense of belonging, foster work-life balance, recognize and reward employees, and measure and assess employee engagement in the workplace. Today, I'm excited to welcome back to the show, Kayla Lebovitz. Kayla is the CEO and founder of Bundle. For our new listeners, Bundle is a personalized virtual solution that helps organizations invest in their employees' professional development, well-being, and engagement. Kayla, thanks for coming back. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to talk about the topic today. I have lots to say, so excited to have a great conversation. Well, it's a podcast, so having lots to say is always a good thing. Uh, exactly. So that's great. Uh, first, can you kind of define uh, for our listeners what a workplace culture actually is? It seems easy to define, but I think there's a lot of people who have different definitions of what it is and what's all included in a workplace culture. Yeah, sure. And I agree with you. I think people think about culture with a very generalized definition. I actually think each company has its own workplace culture, so there's no one like one-size-fits-all definition. If you ask me, though, what I think a modern workplace culture needs to be, I think it focuses on a few core areas, such as innovation, um, collaboration, being learning-oriented, inclusive and diverse, obviously, um, results-driven, supportive, transparent, and fun. Um, So when I talk about innovation, I mean that a company is really encouraging um, and valuing creativity, telling people to speak up, employees are empowered to think out of the box, experiment and find innovative solutions to challenges. Then you go to collaboration. I think within a culture, collaboration should be very highly emphasized, especially in the remote environment that we're in. Teamwork should be fostered, employees should be encouraged to work together, communicate, share knowledge, et cetera. When I talk about a culture being learning oriented, there has to be continuous learning. If an employee feels like they're not learning, they shouldn't be working there anymore. You should constantly feel challenged no matter how senior or junior you are. And the organization should provide opportunities for that continuous learning um, because employees are typically too busy uh, focusing on meeting their uh, metrics sometimes to prioritize that continuous learning. So it has to really come from within the organization's culture. Inclusive and diverse, workplace culture has to celebrate diversity if it wants to progress and if it wants their employees to feel valued as well. The organization should foster that inclusive environment from the top um, down, the down up. It should be throughout every value at the company. Another one I mentioned is results driven. I think every organization has to have in their culture. Like, yes, we should be collaborative. Yes, we should be innovative. But you have to be results driven. The business has to be sustainable and everything like that. Supportive seems like an obvious one, but it's actually, I think, one of the harder ones to implement within a culture is company needs to actually support its employees by giving them like the resources and support to succeed, whether that's people or tools or different things like that. But then transparency, I think, is a really important one, especially in the environment we're in now where it's really turbulent. There's lots of things going on macroeconomically. An organization that values transparency and open communication, um, where information is flowing freely and every employee knows um, about company updates, goals, and decision-making, that has to be, in my opinion, inherent in a company's culture. And then the last one I said is fun because if work's not fun, like 
it just the days go by really slow. So I think just having like a positive and enjoyable atmosphere um, where employees are consistently feeling motivated and engaged, even things like team building events or whatever it is or celebrations, I think that really fosters a sense of camaraderie and well-being that can be infused into uh, company culture. So a very long-winded answer to your question. But that's perfect. I mean, it encompasses everything. I initially had like to ask you, how do you know if a workplace culture is great, good, bad, whatever? But I don't think that's the right way to think about it. I think maybe I'll split it into two parts. If you're at a company, do you kind of just know that a culture is not kind of where it should be just by like a feeling? You probably don't think about all those topics that you listed. Um, But is there just like a sense of like something's off here? And um, I guess, how do you know? Do you have to go through that list? Like, oh, what's missing? Or are you just kind of like, uh, you kind of just sense when something's off of the culture? It's not where it should be. It's a really good question. I think you can sense it from people. I think mm-hmm. even when you look at, like when we look, when I look at my own company, there's been times where our culture has been phenomenal and there's been times where our culture yep. has suffered for whatever reason. And I think you can you can see it. You can see it in how people communicate. You can see it in people's work product. You can see it in people's body language. Like there's lots of ways to see whether oh, whether your culture is doing great or whether it's not. Um, you can see if people are being collaborative, being communicative, being transparent, like you can see all that across the board and they all tie together. When all those things start falling apart, results fall apart, um, productivity falls apart, well-being falls apart. So I think they're all interconnected. And when everything, when the culture is good, all those things are working together to create a positive culture. So I think they're very intertwined. And you can see it again through how people work together, through their performance, the the output, um, and just overall how the company is doing. So I think they're very interconnected. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking for a new job, you're talking to a recruiter, or you're in the interview process, uh, how can you kind of suss out, one, what the culture is and if it's like good or not? Certainly like asking during the interview, hey, what's the culture? I don't think that gets to the answer that well. Is there any way that an employee or a prospective employee can figure that out during the interview process? It's so hard, right? Yeah. There's so many times where you interview and you think you know the culture and then you get to the job and you're like, this is not what I thought it was. Because frankly, in the interview, although you're applying, the company is trying to sell as well. I think I think you should... Companies that have multiple rounds of interviews, although it's tiring for the candidate, are actually really important because you get to meet with different members of the team. You get to see, you know, within a company, there might be there might be an overarching culture, but then there also be, might be different cultures within different teams. So I think being able to meet with as many people as possible before is really important because you'll, you'll get to you'll get to see are all these people espousing the same values? Are they talking the same talk? Does there seem like there's alignment? Is there one person who's saying everything's amazing and but the rest of the people seem a little bit wishy-washy? So I think talking to as many people, whether it's in the interview process or not, is really important. Um, I think also if you're interviewing a company, reach out to people on LinkedIn that you see that work there, even if you might have one connection with them or no connection. How is it going at the company? I remember um, a friend of mine telling me that she was thinking of going to this company. She saw someone on LinkedIn that had a mutual connection. They worked at the company a few years ago and she reached out to them and said, like, how was your experience there? And she went on applying because she got the real deal of what was going on. And again, it's one person's opinion, but you can do a lot of due diligence and research yourself um, and try to you know, use your network to talk to people that have been at the company. And then just really in your interviews, coming prepared with questions that might not be what's your culture like, but other questions that can kind of force them to answer in a way where they can't just give you a wishy-washy answer. You can actually kind of detect different cues and different hints they give um, without just flat out asking about the culture. Because 
I'm expecting that in an interview, no one's going to say, oh, our culture sucks, don't join our company. So I think asking other questions that will all that all relate to culture will probably get you a better picture um, than just straight out asking about the culture. Yeah. And then I guess from the opposite perspective is for HR people or anyone who's doing the interviews, is it just a matter of giving a candidate the opportunity to talk to more people to help them to help showcase what that culture is? Or is there more about like, hey, I'm an HR person. Let me show you what our culture actually is. What are the, some of the tips there? Yeah, I think as an interviewee for a company, you you have the right to ask to talk to more people. Maybe their interview process is, is short and it's only you talk to three people before you have to make your decision, but you have the right. You're about to make a very big life decision to join a company. You're about to put like all your effort and time. I think you can ask if they don't offer to talk to more people, maybe across other teams. If they say no, it's probably a good sign about their culture because they should care that they should care that you care about talking to more yep. people. And if they're trying to, oh, our people are too busy or our people don't have time. Like, what does that say about the culture? They don't have time to talk to people that might be joining their team. I mean, it says a lot when you see how they respond to that. As an HR professional, I think you can be strategic about who you uh, who you allow the interviewee to meet with. You don't want to keep tapping the same people because they might get tired and exhausted and they have other other priorities. So you can definitely sprinkle it around the company, give everyone opportunity to talk to a candidate. But I think your culture should be a selling point. So HR should proactively offer um, interviewees if they feel like they're on the fence an opportunity to talk to others if um, if the interview doesn't ask themselves. What role does leadership play in maintaining and engaging work, work culture? And I guess, how can leaders foster that culture uh, of engagement? Um, is it, you know, a matter of culture kind of depends on what the leaders are, or is it a little bit more complicated than that? Hmm, I think, yeah, I think it's a bit more complicated than that, but I think it starts from leadership. So mm -hmm. leadership plays like a key role in maintaining the work culture. They need to be there. They need to be present. You can't have leaders that are not talking to their people in front of their people who people don't, you can't have a leader that doesn't have an open door policy, right? Of course, leaders are busy, but so are, so is everyone else, right? They need to be available to their people. Um, I think effective leaders set the tone um, and they establish expectations, they shape the values and behaviors within an organization. But there are a number of things leaders can do to foster that. Um, it's, I think it all starts with leading by example. They have to like espouse the culture from within and everything they do and, and in their direct reports and their managers and the middle managers, like everyone has to be talking the same talk and walking the same walk. If part of your culture is fostering open communication, then you have to do it and everyone else has to do it. It's not like it's just up to the leaders. It has to be everyone um, aligned together. If creating a positive work environment that's supportive and diverse and inclusive is part of your values, then you need to show that as well. Um, if feedback is an important value in your culture, you need to ask for feedback as a leader too, as hard as that may be. So I think Leaders play a role in setting the example. It's, I think it's all about that. But I think the two things that a company could do to jumpstart their culture is really providing growth opportunities and supporting employee well-being. I think that if employees are well and they feel like they're growing and advancing their, in their career, it will all connect back to like that positive, supportive, inclusive culture that we spoke about earlier. So I think, again, it's leaders, what leaders prioritize will really dictate what the culture prioritizes. So if they're prioritizing employee well-being or employee development, that, that will spread across the organization. Whatever leaders make a priority is typically the priority. So it's all about them sending an example and, and walking the walk and talking and talk, as simple as that may sound. Um, I think that's what really ensures that your culture is maintained and sustained through 
difficult times through good times, um, and employees can rely on the values of the company um, through all that. I mean, yeah, speaking of relying on values, I was going to ask, like, you mentioned culture goes through peaks and valleys. Every company yeah. probably has good times and bad times, not just financially, but culturally. Yeah. When you notice something, whether you're a leader, whether you're in HR, whether you're not, is there any way or any tips to like correct it or other than just kind of relying on values? When you're seeing something that's wrong and this place is not where it should be, how do you go about fixing that? It seems daunting. Yeah, I think the best thing is to ask like yeah. go around to different like members of different leaders of different teams and ask like what why do you think the culture is suffering what do you think is going wrong how do you think we can solve it i don't think you can solve it alone i think you need the opinions of different teams that are seeing different things and might see different reasons why a culture is suffering so i think it's a very collaborative effort to fix it it usually the culture is probably suffering for a lot of reasons and not just one reason so i i really believe it's about asking questions and collaborate thinking about okay, what's what's the problem? And you probably find out it's more than just one problem. And then how can we together fix it? If you try to fix it on your own, you're probably not going to think about all the different angles that could help the, the, the problem. So I think it's really calling on like your your department or your team leaders and saying like, what, what why is culture suffering? What are you hearing from your people? What's going on in your conversations? Like, what are you hearing? You can't at the at the top, you can't hear and see everything, especially if you're remote, but even if you're in person, you can't. So you have to rely on those like below you that might be seeing and hearing more and together tackling um, the culture. And it doesn't happen overnight. Like culture as hard, like you spend so much time building culture and it's so quickly can be destroyed, but then it's also a lot, you have to spend a lot of time to get it back to where it is. It's very time consuming and sustaining culture is time consuming. So there's never going to be a quick fix overnight. It's going to be a lot of time. And I think that's what makes the difference. It's it, do you want to invest the time? Because it's not easy. There's no straight line path to how it's going to be fixed. It takes a lot of time and effort and a lot of different parties and a lot of different trial and error too to get to the cult, like culture back or to get it to where you want it to be. Um, it definitely, it definitely unfortunately does not happen overnight. Yeah. What's the, I mean, you mentioned a few questions. What's the best way to measure and assess like employee engagement in the workplace or culture? Um, you know, is it just surveys? Is it one-on-one -on -one interviews? And then I guess, how do you use that data or that feedback in an effective way? Yeah, I think there's a lot of different metrics. I mean, definitely like employee surveys. I hear people talking a lot about like annual employee surveys, and I don't know why it's annual. I think it should be way more often. I think that's just kind of a traditional thing that people have measured employee happiness and satisfaction. I think employee surveys should probably be done twice a year and then little nudges checking in throughout the year. Um, I think again, that employee satisfaction scores um, on those surveys and how they're feeling about different things about the company is really crucial. Then you can also look at like retention rates. Like, are people staying? Are they are they happy? Are they progressing? Are they getting promoted? Um, are they productive? Are they participating in things outside of their roles and responsibilities, like maybe an ERG group or, you know, asking for more responsibility? So I think there's lots of different metrics that you can use. Um, and I think, again, employee surveys are a great place to start, but there's all these other things like I just spoke about that are important and all together you can really measure. Are people engaged? Are they happy? Is Do they feel like they can, they're, they're growing at the company and the company's growing? Um, I think you need to look at all different, every single part of the organization to provide you a really clear picture of how the culture is doing, how people are engaged. Um like, you know, data doesn't lie. And so I think as much data as you can get will help you paint a clear picture of the direction you need to go to to improve the culture. Yeah, I mean, 
also especially in the remote hybrid world like seeing and experiencing that culture is probably more challenging than ever and especially when it's going south it can be probably harder to identify so I mean, any tips for kind of maintaining that engaging work culture in a hybrid or remote world? Um, certainly, we're still working through it. I mean, it's been three plus years yeah. now and people are still figuring it out, but any tips so far? I think my biggest tip is that, and this is something for employees to understand as well as employers, are it, it's ongoing, right? Like yeah. we're all trying to figure it out. No one has cracked like what is the best model? How can we maintain positive culture if we have employees that are in two days a week, three days a week, whatever the model is? But I think that ha like we have to all approach it with a sense of patience. Like it's ongoing. You can't you can't just fix things overnight. It will take time to figure out how do we have a new a good culture in this new working environment. So I think that um, there's lots of things you can do. Again, like communication, transparency, foster community. I think a lot of people feel very lonely and alone um, working at home, or maybe like they're in the office, but their team isn't. So I think the biggest thing is how can you foster a strong sense of community um, that will allow people to feel more connected, to feel like they can speak up, to feel like they can ask for support, to feel like they want to collaborate. And I think by doing that, um, you allow people to be a part of forming the culture instead of just dictating the culture from the top. I think it comes from within, but I think it takes lots of efforts and lots of patience to figure out how to maintain a positive culture and know that you're going to make lots of mistakes along the way. Something, some initiatives you implement to help culture might fail, but I think everyone has to be a little bit more forgiving in this environment that everyone is trying to figure it out. It's the first time like everyone has gone through this. So I think patience and a little bit of forgiveness is a good thing to have because I think every, no one, no one knows the right formula right now. Everyone's just in the same boat. I mean, you said how quickly culture can be destroyed and I'm sure Everybody has some experience with that in some way. Um, and I'm also sure that the answer to this question depends on the level of the individual. But can one person at a company destroy culture that's been built for years and years? I'd love to give like a yes or no answer. And originally mm -hmm. when when I saw this question, I said, yes, definitely. But I think it depends on where they're at in the organization, if they're more senior, more junior, what their reputation is, how long they've been at the company. Like if a person's been there for a few months and, you know, I don't think they have that much power, but if someone's been there for a long time or if someone's in a leadership position and is really poisonous to the company and it trickles down. So I think it, I think my answer overall is yes, but I think it really depends on where they're at the company, um, how big the company is, how much, again, authority or influence they have. Um, but I do think culture, um, again, as long as it takes to build up, it can be destroyed really quickly. So therefore, yeah, I would say one person could, could cause a lot of headache. Yeah, yeah. I think there's been a lot of like mergers, companies are changing, acquisitions. When like combining two cultures, uh, that could be very difficult and complicated. And I'm sure there's always, you know, communications documents about how any transition to a company, whether it's expanding, shrinking, whatever it is, is going to change. But when specifically mergers and acquisitions, two companies coming together that have different cultures, what's kind of the way to to do that best to make sure that everybody still feels that the existing part of the company that they loved is still continuing and we're just kind of bringing together two families into one? I think that overall has to be a very slow approach. I don't mm -hmm. think you can solve it overnight. Like bringing two companies together with different values, different processes, different types of people, different roles. I think it just has to be a very slow approach. Anything that's done too fast, you'll probably break both cultures at the same time. 
And I think it stems from the top again. I think leadership has to determine, okay, what is the new culture of both these companies? Are we taking a little bit from both? Is one gonna is one's culture more what we want the company to be? So I think leadership needs to set the vision at top and they need to set like what is our culture gonna be? But I don't think that part should be quick either. The leaders have to do a lot of digging and a lot of you know, listening and understanding and not make any assumptions. So listening to both companies and hearing how they think about their culture, what they want the companies to be, what values they want them to uphold. And then it's kind of marrying them together. And maybe there some, maybe one company's culture is stronger than the other and they'll lean on that more. But I think it has to be a very slow and thoughtful approach. If it's done too quickly or overnight, you will lose you will lose people's trust. And once you lose trust, it's very hard to build it back. So I think a very thoughtful approach where you're looking at it from all different angles. And and that's I think the key. I think when things are done too fast is when um is when lots of things fall apart, um, especially in a merger. There's people are nervous about losing their jobs, they're nervous about what, what it means for their role. So I think everything has to be done from a very um very thoughtful place um, and nothing rushed or done too hasty. Just, you know, you don't you don't just like mush two companies together like peanut butter and jelly. They have to be thoughtfully, <laughs> they have to be thoughtfully woven together over time. Any final words, any lasting thoughts that you want to make sure our listeners keep with them as uh, as they close out this podcast? In order to build a very sustainable, long-lasting culture, it's continuous effort. It's not something that's one and done. It has to be worked out on all levels. All A lot of different opinions and angles have to be considered. Just because you have a good culture doesn't mean it's going to last forever and doesn't mean it needs to be, you know, just like any 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 individual they need to be nurtured over time culture should be thought of as an individual it needs to be nurtured over time and improved upon and developed so i just think again culture shouldn't be thought of as a one and done here's our values let's move forward it has to continually be worked on um, and and thought about really thoughtfully um and checked in on and seen how it can be improved over time so I would, my advice would just be like culture should always be something that's top of mind um, because again, it, it can be destroyed very quickly. And so how do you, how do you put um, guardrails in place to make sure that doesn't happen? Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Keela, if anyone wants to get in, get in touch with you after this podcast, how can they reach you? Um, email. I'm pretty good on my email. It's Kayla at bundlebenefits.com um, or LinkedIn me. Um, again, pretty on top of my email. So please feel free to reach out. Um, would love to chat about anything. Very passionate about all these areas. So um, definitely happy to connect with anyone. And to our listeners, uh, I want to thank you for tuning in to Yo's Back to Work podcast. To hear future episodes, uh, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening. Kayla, thanks for joining. Thank you. For Yo's Back to Work, I'm Joe McIntyre. I appreciate you listening.